This is an RNZ podcast. A commentator says when the All Blacks lose, New Zealand cycles through the seven stages of grief. After their shock semi-final defeat by England, the Herald on Sunday newspaper blacked out its front page today. The Prime Minister felt compelled to defend the team's honour and a Union Jack painted car had its windows smashed in at a pub called The Patriot in Devonport in Auckland. That was News Talk ZB at 3pm last Sunday and a news item all about the country coming to terms with defeat in the Rugby World Cup semi-final hours earlier. And smashing up the English pub's Union Jack Mini in Devonport presumably was part of the anger phase of grieving. Now New Zealand adults of course have lived through this sort of thing before but News Talk ZB was thinking of the children. Leading into last night there were 12 year old Kiwis who had never seen their national heroes lose a World Cup game. But against the English, the New Zealanders could not break through an inspired defence, losing 19-7 to begin a nationwide malaise when the country is usually in long weekend holiday mood. Suffer the little children in this land of malaise, doomed to mark their lives by triumph and tragedy in Rugby World Cups every four years. But that rather odd news story, attributed to an unnamed commentator, felt a bit familiar to us here at MediaWatch. In fact, the story was almost the same, word for word, as the opening lines of one that the Sydney Morning Herald published online just a couple of hours earlier, under the headline, Morning Has Broken, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Now, the author of that was Ben Mackay, New Zealand correspondent for the Australian National News Agency, AAP. And the same story, riffing on New Zealand's rugby grief, appeared in several other Australian papers and news websites too, and TBNZ's website here recycled it as well. So not only were we schooled by the English in the rugby on Saturday last weekend, the Australians were writing our news copy on the Sunday. Not that you'd know it from News Talk ZB's inadequate attribution. Now, two hours earlier, News Talk ZB highlighted its own work when it plugged into ex-coach Laurie Maines for this perspective. Take a deep breath, New Zealand. Former All Blacks coach Laurie Maines' mantra is onwards and upwards after the Rugby World Cup semi-final loss. This was a major setback and a major disappointment. But you can't win these things every four years. You just can't win everything. Meantime, a Kiwi living in the UK says proud English supporters are lapping up the victory. Brooke Sullivan says celebrations look set to continue for a long time yet. I'm not going to hear the end of it. And neither did we, as it turns out, on Sunday here in New Zealand. One news that night began like this. Kia ora, good evening. The whole country's hurting. That's the word from All Blacks coach Steve Hansen just a few moments ago after his side was dumped out of the World Cup. The search for answers is underway, said TVNZ's Melissa Stokes, though the reason that England won was really no mystery. Her hoarse-sounding co-host in Japan, Simon Dello, summed it up in just two tight sentences. One team played ruthless, efficient, dominant rugby, but it wasn't us. The ABs have lost before, but never looked so ordinary. Meanwhile, in London, TVNZ correspondent Daniel Faitawa found an England fan who didn't need any words at all to sum up the match. How would you describe the game to the Herald on Sunday's late edition, as ZB News mentioned earlier, was in a funereal all black with these sparse words in white. The all blacks are out of the World Cup. If you want to read more, go to the sports section. But the rival paper, the Sunday Star Times, tried to lighten the mood a little with a cunning and punning front page headline, Yoko Ono, oh a play on the veteran Japanese avant-garde artist, best known for her relationship with the late Beatle John Lennon, and the fact that the game was played in Yokohama. But just over the page, a colour piece by correspondent Kevin Norkey was headlined like this. 
All Blacks Horror Show in Tokyo. Now, the All Blacks were based in Tokyo, so some people there may have been horrified, but the show was 30 kilometres away as the Japanese green pheasant flies in Yokohama. Now, Kevin Norkey's piece, mostly written before the result was known, was actually a thoughtful reflection on rugby fandom and fanaticism, which he concluded like this. You may be surprised just who best knows how we feel today. Ardent England fans are pretty much just like you and me. They are us. So today, if you need to feel better about yourself, find an England fan and give them a hug. You know you want to. And in a similar vein, the former Herald sports writer Liam Napier said in the UK's Guardian last Monday that New Zealand has now moved on from the hysterical outcry that followed World Cup failures between 1987 and 2011. But it seems sports journalists like him haven't stopped projecting their own assumptions onto the All Blacks. Liam Napier went on to write this. The hurt and suffering that will long linger is etched on the faces of the All Blacks as they struggle to suppress the emotional scars of their defeat to England. The All Blacks captain, Kieran Reid, cut a shattered figure. His inner wounds may never properly heal. But on the other hand, it is entirely possible they will all recover completely and quite quickly from the intense disappointment of last weekend's defeat and be happy, whole and healthy in the years ahead. The Guardian's correspondent here reckoned that Kiwis were gutted but gracious in defeat. New Zealanders, as is their way, conceded defeat gracefully and were soothed by the impressive and admirable prowess of the England side. But there was not so much grace from Radio Sports Martin Devlin, who reckoned that the English excellence sucked. Hey, what a... In men it sucks. In men are we going to sulk about this? But the reality is... They're better than us. They play better than us. What else can you say? Martin Devlin closed his radio show last Sunday with this tribute to his heroes, soundtracked with what he said was one of the All Blacks' top tour bus sing-along tunes. By the way, the hill I don't know if you live your life vicariously through so others, but I'm such a pathetic specimen, I do, yeah. I you know, it's not like these guys I'm heroising, but I do adore them, you know, because there's so much about being an All Black to me that is just so goddamn impressive. I get to spend a lot of time around them, and, you know, I'm not saying in a kind of friendly way or anything, but I get to observe and, you know, the dignity they carry themselves and the way they stood there and applauded last night made me feel pretty special and pretty proud. Now that sort of dewy-eyed soppiness backed up an earlier snipe from England coach Eddie Jones that New Zealand's rugby reporters were fans with keyboards, or in Martin Devlin's case, one with a microphone as well. But there was an edge to one question for the outgoing All Blacks captain from one New Zealand reporter in the post-match press conference last weekend. Kieran, Steve mentioned before, uh, I think you said we needed to get hungry and desperate before it was too late. From your point of view, from the, from the players' point of view, I suppose, did the team turn up with the right attitude tonight? Yeah, I think we did. You know, you, you've seen how hard we worked out there. And that was a pretty standard question, a predictable one even, for a team that was favoured to win a big game but ended up easily second best on the day. But it was Steve Hansen's response to that which turned it into a story for the New Zealand media, as TVNZ sports presenter Andrew Savile said on TVNZ One News. Uh, Steve Hansen said all the right things uh, today in the just-completed media conference, but the mask slipped a little bit last night when he defended the idea that the All Blacks hadn't turned up to the game with the right attitude. Here's the captain and then the coach's response. I think it's quite a disrespectful question to suggest that the All Blacks turned up not being hungry. They're desperate to win the game. 
because I've asked them at half time to get hungrier, doesn't mean to say they didn't turn up to be hungry. There's a big difference. And uh, if you want to spend some time outside, I'll, I'll give you a rugby education on that one. TVNZ's Andrew Seville was quick to insist that Steve Hansen wasn't seriously calling out the reporter in question. Look, it clearly wasn't serious, the offer, but it just goes to show how passionate the All Blacks and their coach are. But it certainly was taken seriously by Martin Devlin on News Talk ZB. There has been some niggle going on between some of the journalists in New Zealand who I think are deliberately provocative trying to get the clickbait. That's that's my point. Hey, if that's how they want to do their jobs, Andrew Gordy's a friend of mine, if that's how you want to do your job, fine. As Martin Devlin said there, the controversial question came from NewsHub's man in Japan, Andrew Gordy, who picked up the ball and ran with it himself on NewsHub at 6 the next day. Well, Andrew Gordy's with us now, and being asked to step outside seems a strange response to a legitimate question, Andrew. Hi, Mike. Yeah, obviously emotions were running pretty high here last night, and understandably so. But look, I think when you consider the sort of start that England made to this match here last night, they scored early, they exploded out of the blocks, they were dominant up front at set-piece and at the breakdown, the sorts of areas you would normally expect the All Blacks to control. It seemed like a fairly reasonable question to ask, especially when you consider that Steve Hansen has twice this year referenced his team's attitude after defeat to the Wallabies in Perth, and again after a subpar first-half display against Namibia at this World Cup. And as you would have heard, in the piece. It really was his own words. He was asked in the press conference what he said to his team at half-time. He said he needed them to be more hungry, more desperate before it was too late. It was his own words really that provided the context for the question. And let's face it, it's a question you would ask of any team, any coach, any player after a defeat like this on an occasion such as this. But obviously it evoked an emotional response. And that sounds fair enough to us. But at least one of Martin Devlin's listeners hadn't had a sense of humour failure over the matter. Martin, what should Steve Hansen have said at the press conference uh, is if you want to step outside, I'll ask Eddie Jones to give us both a lesson on how to play rugby. I like that, James. But Martin Devlin wasn't necessarily wrong about the clickbait. A steady stream of peripheral World Cup stories with teasing trailers were pushed out online and to users' phones, especially during the many days when there were no actual matches to report on. The Herald's Dylan Cleaver nailed it last weekend when he wrote that this was the end of an era of all-black Rugby World Cup dominance, but all good things come to an end. It stings a little bit, like undiluted Detto on an open sore. But it's the end of the World Cup, not the world. Let's give magnanimity a go. Good advice there, not just to sad and sore all-blacks fans, but also his fellow reporters and editors.